You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. When you can articulate that, that uniqueness, that special sauce, that magic, that mojo, whatever you want to call it, when you can articulate that unique combination, I call it love and badassery, and you can articulate that, that is when people are like, fuck yeah, that's what I want. Screw the template. Own your values and amplify your influence. You've heard this catchphrase over and over again here on the Flaunt Your Fire podcast. But today, we're going to be honing into that very first line. Screw the template. Why do you need to say screw you to it? And how did there get to be so many shoulds and templates in the business world in the first place? You're listening to Flaunt Your Fire, the branding and visibility podcast where we own our values as we amplify our influence. I am your host, India Jackson, and today I am joined by an incredible guest, Helen Tremethic. She's a holistic business coach and co-conspirator for entrepreneurs who are ready to show up more fully and authentically in their lives and in their business. Since 2011, Helen has worked with hundreds of business owners using a proprietary methodology called love and badassery, which combines contemporary business strategy, values-based business models, and a hefty dose of what makes you unique. And they live on a permaculture farm in the Canadian countryside, which is totally cool and interesting to me. And it means also, if you ever hop on a call with her, you might hear roosters. To find out more about Helen, you can check out HelenTremethic.com. And I'm so excited to dig into this conversation with Helen because we're going to be digging into the juiciness of just so many areas of that screw the template piece and also some other areas. We're going to be talking about why Helen believes there are so many shoulds and templates in the business world. Helen's also going to lay out what is a brand voice from their perspective and how developing your brand voice helps businesses maintain consistency, clarity, and authenticity. And really all of that is rooted back in your values. So we're going to be talking about values as well. And one of my favorite parts is Helen is going to be sharing in this episode some common mistakes and misconceptions that Helen encounters about brand voice strategy and copywriting that they would like to disrupt. 
And you know it wouldn't be a Flaunt Your Fire episode if by the end of this show, you didn't leave with one small action you can take today to leave the shoulds behind and show up as authentically you. So let's dig right in. Helen, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, India. I am so excited for this conversation, and I really just want to dig right in. I know we've previously chatted about quite a bit um, together Mm -hmm. and with Erica Corday, and you have some really unique perspectives and ideas that I think the listeners are going to benefit from. Thank you. Let's dive in. So one of the first things on my radar is recognizing that for me, when I stepped into the business world, there were so many shoulds that I put on myself. Mm -hmm. And as I started consulting with clients and things like that and making friends that were also entrepreneurs or starting new businesses or freelancing, a lot of the area that we were in as people who had um, been in like creative career paths is that there's it wasn't really a blueprint out there necessarily of what to do. Even in my four-year education program, we didn't really get business classes on how to run a business, how to do the businessy parts of branding. And so when it came to like connecting the dots of what you know as a more artistic skill-based background, And how do you bring this into your work to actually build that company? Uh, A lot of what my uh, classmates were starting to do when I was still in college was Googling things or finding little courses, finding templates. And I'm just wondering, as we fast forward now, because that was like 2008, I think, 2007, into, you know, what is 2022 as we're recording this, why do you believe that there are still so many shoulds and templates in the business world? This is such a great question, India. And if I might just be really real right off the top, there is a shitload of money to be made in the world of templates. So just there, right off the top, there's a lot of money to be made. And the reason why is a lot more personal. It's a lot more introspective. And that's partly because as entrepreneurs, we're high achievers. We want to do our work really well. We want to showcase our best. We want to show up as, you know, dare I say, perfectly as possible. And those templates and blanket formulas, they give us, they give us kind of an easy fix. I am a fill in the blank who does fill in the blank for fill in the blank. It's really, really easy for us to then launch our business, sell our products, get out there. These templates give us that easy out. The trouble with them is that they don't work for very long. That, you know, that's our square one. And there is a place for templates if it's to get us out the front door, if it's to hang our shingle. But once you get to square two, in your business, I am a fill in the blank, doesn't feel true. It doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel resonant. It doesn't feel representative of who we are. And the trouble is then what? We end up feeling lost. We feel unsupported. We feel unsuccessful. And the worst bit about that is that we're 
also simultaneously given examples of these seven and eight figure businesses who did it this way and were successful. So there's this trauma inducing factor of us being a failure. It was our fault if those templates didn't work. Mm. And in the last 10 years of being in business, I've found that it's not you that's the problem. It's not you as the entrepreneur that's the problem. It's the template. It's the shoulds. It's the expectations that we place on ourselves. And the more that we can get closer to who we are, the more that we can share who we are in a really representative way, consistently, in a way that our clients really resonate with, that's where the gold is. That's where the gem is. And that is a lot more personalized. It's a lot more customized and doesn't work as well with a template, which means it's not an easy fix. Yeah. I mean, when I think back so many years ago of just getting started um, for myself and for the people around me, I witnessed that template of like, I am a blank who does blank for blank. Mm -hmm. Even when I was going to like business networking events and things like that, I mean, mind you, this is like 20 something year old college student in India, but it felt so awkward to say that, like that <laughs> elevator pitch kind of formula just felt awkward. Yeah. And dare I even say that it felt like it was like intruding on my identity a little bit of like, mm. but I'm saying I am right. Identity. But I'm so much more than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we all are. It's so, and it's so rote. It feels very robotic. Yeah. I am a fill in the blank. And yes, yes, you are. And you're right. You are so much more than that. So one of the things that you talk about that helps us to move away from that awkwardness when it comes to the elevator pitch formula, the template. Uh, I even think of um, the formula that people use for like their Instagram bios and how it's still like very much in that formula <laughs> <laughs> is to begin to look at developing and cultivating and being authentic with our brand voice. Yeah. And so I want to dig into that, but I think first it's important to do language setting here so that anyone taking part in this conversation can be on the same page with us, um, especially because industry terms like brand and brand voice and brand strategy and things like that get thrown around so much. So would you mind explaining what does brand voice mean for you? Mm, thank you. Well, the TLDR of it is how your business sounds. Your brand voice is how your business sounds. But it's so much more than that. A brand voice done well is a consistent combination of who you are as a business, your core values, and all articulated in a way that resonates with your ideal people. Now, you know, in this language setting sphere that we're in, let's unpack that a little bit. It's a consistent combination. So let's think style guide, that consistent combination. You know, for your website, you have these particular fonts, you have these particular hex codes. And so similarly, you have a particular way of showing up who you are as a business and your core values. What do you really believe in? Why is this work important? And articulate it in a way that resonates with your ideal people, meaning that you need to know 
who those people are and the language that they use to communicate. And I don't necessarily mean English or Spanish or Mandarin. What I mean is, do they use words like wow or wonderful or fuck yeah? Because (laughs) knowing that helps us then articulate in a way that they can understand. There's even when you just gave those examples, I instantly like felt something in me when you said fuck yeah. So I'm the (laughs) last one. (laughs) We are each other's people, India. (laughs) (laughs) But it sounds like you had something to add to that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean that is that is the brand voice in a nutshell, you know, and we can take it further. And of course we do over uh over in the motorcycle club and over in my one-to-one services, we do take that deeper. There's a lot that you can unpack, but once you have that idea of what's consistent, then you're so, it's so much easier for you to show up into a conversation and answer that question. What do you do or put on your Instagram profile or write your website copy in a way that feels more truthful than that robotic, I am a fill in a blank. So one of the things that you mentioned is being aware of what language resonates with your people. And it just makes me wonder, like, is there a place of finding some balance between or how do you navigate speaking the language that resonates with them, but also like what is your actual true voice if you're the face of your brand? Mm-hmm. Or multiple faces of your brand. Yeah, this is really great. So I would answer this slightly differently from if it's just yourself versus if it's multiple team members. So to start with, if it's just yourself, noticing where that overlap is between you and your people, oftentimes we are not that different from our ideal people. So the more that we can show up truthfully, the better it is for our, the easier it is for our people to find us because there isn't that much of a difference in the way that say I would articulate my services and my worth and my value to my ideal people. The trick is stepping away from all of those shoulds that we were talking about earlier. The trick is, you know, coming back home to who you are. Um, I noticed that Alec Menon said on their Instagram today or yesterday, what would it look like if we believed who we were? And I love that so much. What would it look like if we believed who we were? This is the work. This is the work of finding your authentic voice. And when you come to that, then it's just a matter of tweaking. It's a matter of noticing, oh, we're using jargon because we're putting our expert eyes on it. How do I create some you know, language understanding for this particular service? And that's what I mean by, by connecting those dots between the way that you speak and the way that your people speak. When you're looking at a larger team, that's when you need to be more explicit about the ways that you show up. And that's where a brand voice roadmap or style guide works really, really well. And that way you can pass that on to your team members so that they, there will always be 
ideological differences. I'm not actually sure if that's quite the right word, but what I mean <laughs> is the way that I speak versus the way that India speaks is slightly different. There will always be those slight differences, even if we're writing for the same brand, even if we're communicating for the same brand. However, with a style guide or a roadmap, we would be able to create more consistency, so much so that we're able to represent our brand in a really uh, straightforward and, um, and yeah, consistent way. Makes total sense. And I can completely relate with that, especially in like co-founding a business with Erica Cordova at Pause in the Play. We communicate mm-hmm. very differently, but the brand has to be unified in some ways. And so it's just beautiful of seeing like where that overlap is and how when you're able to put that together, you now have a resource, not just for the two leaders of the company, but also for any team members, any copywriters that you hire to do sales pages or anything else. And so it just makes me think about how, from what you're presenting, and I'm in complete agreement of, Brand Voice really does help businesses maintain their consistency, their clarity, and authenticity. Yes, exactly. And and that isn't just for your writing. It isn't just for your profile. It isn't, it's also for when you show up at that networking event or at that conference or in a podcast interview, you're able to represent yourself the way that you want to because you've gotten clear about that voice. So it is that spoken voice. It's that written voice. It is simply and basically the way that you articulate your business in the world. Uh, I love it. Um, and, it, and it makes me think about working in some larger companies back in the day where I was literally training like their team on sales and mm-hmm. being able to see the differences in how someone would speak about the same product next to their colleague who speaks about it a little bit differently. And like, how can you find some nuanced pieces to get them a little bit closer to the same makes all the difference. It really does. Yeah. I mean, especially with the retail where like you have a physical location and you have people coming in um, at any time and and interacting with any team member to purchase what they need to purchase. um, That consistency makes so much of a difference. Mm -hmm. Yes. I want to know What would be possible for your brand visibility if you could attract new clients that enthusiastically shared your values and vision? Get out of the hustle of content creation and distribution so that you can focus on building meaningful relationships that turn followers into fans, fans into clients, and clients into lifelong referral sources. For less than $100 each month inside Pause on the Play the Community, you have access to a live Q&A session with Erica Corday and I, where we are giving you individualized feedback on doing exactly that. You can sign up today to join our next live session and also get access to the replay video if you'd like to submit your questions in advance at pauseontheplay.com slash community. Again, that is pauseontheplay.com slash community. See you there. So shifting gears a little bit, I feel like there is so much conversation around branding. I feel like branding has just been such a hot topic, like period. Um, 
as well as the idea of templates and courses and things like that, especially in the last two years where people have had more time to really reconsider and reevaluate some things. And with things being a hot topic and being trendy, (laughs) there comes a lot of rhetoric out there or trends out there that maybe we agree with, maybe we don't. (laughs) Mm -hmm, maybe (laughs) so I would love to know from you um, are there any like common mistakes or misconceptions that you encounter about brand voice strategy or copywriting or anything else in that arena that you would like to disrupt today (laughs) oh my goodness how much time do we have India because I could get on a soapbox about this and I won't because we don't have all that time. So I'm going to keep it short. Copycatting. Copycatting. We often, and this is something that we do as humans. This isn't just explicit to the online business world at all. We tend to mimic what we like, especially when we aren't sure how to behave ourselves. We see it in our children. We see it when we're growing up and we will wear similar clothes to our peers that we tend to mimic until we find our own footing. And in the online business world, we see that where you'll land on a website and it is the same cookie cutter website that you have seen a thousand times over. This is a dentistry website. This is a life coach website. This is the way that we do it. These are the words that we use. So this copycatting, the idea behind it is that if you follow this template, if you follow this model, if you follow this formula, then you will achieve the same success I have. But what ends up happening is that your brand is actually just a diluted replica of the one that you're trying to follow behind in and be as successful as. So that copycatting is a really, really common mistake where we write our websites. And sometimes this isn't even intentional that we show up in ways that our role models do. And, you know, to do it this way and get the same success is just a giant lie. There are layers of unearned privilege that aren't necessarily seen in many, many of these success formulas. And there are so many variables involved. So the better that you can get back to who you are, why you, what you believe in, why you do this work, the less likely you're going to copycat and try to fit yourself into a box that doesn't really fit you. Thank you so much for bringing that one up. I mean, it's a big one for me that I've witnessed and I've always wondered like, what is the chicken or the egg, as I say, Mm -hmm. (laughs) of like, is it that people are not very clear. And so out of not taking that time to get the clarity, they then say, okay, here's what success like. So I'm going to copy it. Or is it also the industries that we both participate um, in as service providers, where many of the norm of how people approach branding, how people approach uh, publicity strategy, website design is saying, okay, 
you're a this, so you need that. And I know what's best. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know which one's the chicken or the egg, but <laughs> somehow we got here. Well, we love an authority figure, don't we? We love to have somebody that we can look up to and say, oh, that person knows the way. And there are those of us who don't love authority figures. I just want to say that (laughs) there are those of us who have always been like, hmm, I'm not sure. And in general, we tend to really appreciate when someone takes the lead and says, this is the way we go. And again, that I don't think that that's intentional. I think that that is really, you know, we are a herding species. And when we have somebody who will show us the way to go, we, we tend to appreciate that. So I don't know that it's always intentional. And, and that's where the opportunity lies to break away from that automatic habit to just do the same thing to step in line. And this is where the opportunity to disrupt the pattern is you have a unique way of thinking about the world, seeing the world and showing up in your business. And your clients love that about you. They choose that about you. And so when you can articulate that, that uniqueness, that special sauce, that magic, that mojo, whatever you want to call it, when you can, when you can articulate that unique combination, I call it love and badassery, and you can articulate that, that is when people are like, fuck yeah, that's what I want. Ah, and there's something about that, that, you know, for those of you that have been following this podcast since the beginning, I've been exploring in various different ways, but I don't think I've ever directly like said it. So I'm going to say it now. There is something about what you are saying, Helen, that relates back to the value of diversity and individuality that our brand has. Because I feel like when we start to put people into templates and shoulds and formulas, we then have this narrative that everyone needs to be the same. We stop looking at people as distinct human beings mm-hmm. and we create this like hodgepodge, like fake idealized robot, but like business bots as I call them, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not realistic. And I can say that so many times throughout my life, throughout the lives of friends and colleagues and business owners that I've witnessed, especially those from marginalized identities, they were looking for like certain types of service providers to work with, but they really could not find people who had this perspective or did things that way mm-hmm. because everyone was following the same formula of what they thought they needed to be. Yes, absolutely. I love that so much, India. And I, so there's this element of we are diluting ourselves by not showing our individuality, what makes us different, what makes us special and unique. And also, we are not allowing our clients to find that sense of belonging that they would feel in matching up with a service provider who sees the world in a similar way. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I wonder, like, are there any other mistakes or misconceptions that you feel like I have to talk about this today? <laughs> you know, that idea, I really just want to jump into that idea that we were talking about, about like fitting yourself into a box or a template that doesn't work for you. 
it really, what it does is, is it sets us up for failure. It sets us up for a feeling of dissatisfaction in our lives, in our businesses. It sets us up for feeling like this business isn't working and I need to burn it to the ground. Mm. And, and that, that is the thing that I would, you know, I would say shout from the rooftops that, you know, in doing this, we're hitting the easy button in the beginning, but we're doing ourselves no service in the long run because, because we're not allowing ourselves to shine and therefore we're not allowing our true people to find us. Uh, it's so true. And as you say that, like, I just wonder, you know, are there any examples that you can pull from, from your own life or from client work that you've done where you've started to like question and unravel where was that easy button hit and how do I get back to what my truth is and what my values are? You know, almost every new client who comes across my desk says, okay, I've been saying this. I am a fill in the blank who does fill in the blank for fill in the blank. And (laughs) and this, so years and years ago, I noticed that there was this, this pattern that people tended to follow and that there was a way of connecting with people in a more relational, more genuine way. And from there, I created a course called Fuck Your Elevator Pitch. And it has been so successful because this is a really common place for people to find themselves in where they say, okay, but now what? If it this is not working, but now what? And so that idea of being able to break away from that is very, very common. And I found myself in that space as well, that for a very long time, I ran my business under the name, the communications distillery, even though a lot of the work that I was doing was in business coaching, even though a lot of the work that I was doing wasn't just about communications, but about business models, about, about creating margin in your life, about creating services that support you as well as your clients. All of that work wasn't really under communications, but I felt stuck in this should that Mm -hmm. I had created myself because I had this brand that I had built up. And what would happen if I stepped away? What would happen if I, it wouldn't have been a pivot, but externally it would have looked like one. It was a big rebrand. And what would happen then? There's a lot of fear in making a change for businesses, especially if we already have clients. What would happen then if I showed up more truthfully as myself? What would happen if I told the world that I'm queer or that I am extremely left-wing or anti-capitalist or what would happen then? Would I lose clients? Would I lose my revenue? Would I lose the ability to support my family? And that is, those are real questions that I think many entrepreneurs ask themselves when they're faced with that, this is not working, but then what place? And Uh, yeah, the truth is that there is an answer. There's an answer for all of us. Uh, It's just not found in a template. It's found internally. 
Well, I feel like you can't ask all of those questions and share all of that without saying what happened when you did your rebrand. <laughs> <laughs> right? You can't leave us hanging. <laughs> uh, well, you can check it out, HelenTremethic.com. Honestly, the world, the world, my world, my very small corner of the world that is so beautiful and I love it, said, hurrah, it's about time. Thank you so much. And people started meeting me where I actually was. And so the pivot was already there. I was already doing the work all along because I was showing up truthfully under this brand that just was not, it was ill-fitting. So what ended up happening was, you know, we've all watched Queer Eye. All of a sudden I was wearing clothes that fit properly. And people were like, ah, the angels came out and sang. And I had worked myself up for really no reason at all. Imposter syndrome is a term that many of us are way too well acquainted with. But what if imposter syndrome is not the fear of not being enough or lacking in some way? What if it is the fear of what you will become when you integrate and enact your true abilities? Erica Corday shares her thoughts about what imposter syndrome is and isn't and how it shows up as we expand what we think is possible and embrace our next best selves. Open your podcast app right now and do a search for Pause on the Play episode Truth, Self-Worth and Imposter Syndrome to tune into Erica's perspective on this today. Helen, a lot of what you said brings me back to um, how Erica Corday talks about imposter syndrome and how a lot of the questions that we can ask ourselves are, who am I to do all these things, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not there yet, or I'm not big enough yet to rebrand in this way. But what if the imposter was who you were allowing yourself to stay stuck being because that's who you had to be to get to where you are? Mm -hmm. And if the next place is actually this bigger, bolder place is actually the real you. And it just shows up on my radar so hard right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, in this, I want to make a disclaimer that sometimes showing up as authentically you, truthfully you, boldly you is not safe. And that is true for many, many people in this world. So I I want to acknowledge that, that sometimes you need to code yourself into fitting into the box until there is an opportunity for you to show more. So sometimes it's not a left turn. Sometimes it's not a big pivot. Sometimes it's a very, very slow unfurling. And mm. regardless, it's worth it. Regardless, there's a community out there who loves you and supports you and wants to see you show up as you. And I want to acknowledge that sometimes that is not always safe right where you are. Thank you so much for acknowledging that. I know many of the people listening can relate and appreciate. So rewinding it back, you talked about your course and it, correct me if I'm wrong, it's called Fuck Your Elevator Pitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First of all, the naming of it is genius. I love it. <laughs> I want to know more about it because... I'm telling you, like the elevator pitch piece, as I go into getting to know clients and members of our community pause in the play, 
it's just an area that I feel like so many people struggle with and they'll come up with something, but you can tell by the way and the awkwardness and the nervousness of how they're saying it, that it is not deeply resonating with them. <laughs> so yeah. please tell us more. Oh, you're welcome. Absolutely. So Fuck Your Elevator Pitch is actually a manifesto writing course. And it is a way of diving into the truth of why you do this work, why it's special, why you chose this, what or why it chose you. And in the process of writing your manifesto, so you get clear on some of these deeper pieces inside yourself. And then from there, you write your bio. From there, you write your elevator pitch. From there, you write the thing that goes on your Instagram profile. Because what you've done is unearthed the gems. I don't love the mining industry. But (laughs) wouldn't it be great if we walked through the forest and all of the diamonds and emeralds were just sitting there on top waiting for us to pick them up, all cut and polished and beautiful? That would be lovely. But it's not like that. In order to find those, we need to dig and gather them, sort through a pile of earth, and then cut them and polish them. And the manifesto writing course does that. It digs up a whole pile of earth. It sorts out what is you know useful and what isn't useful, what is worth polishing up, and then does so. And it does it in a way that doesn't straight up ask you, what do you do? Because that's the thing that makes us go hamana, hamana, I, um, and makes us feel nervous about it. And there's a, there's a different way, and that is accessing the passion that is inside you. Um, that Fuck Your Elevator Pitch kind of walks you through that process through a series of audio files uh, that also have transcripts and then written exercises. I love a good brainstorm, so you'll find that many of my courses do have brainstorming elements and that is so fuck your elevator pitch is available through the love and badassery motorcycle club it's one of the resources that's in our library hq i love it (laughs) (laughs) and i'm gonna say we always leave room for one action but i'm i'm gonna preference it with one action is to really go take a look at the offerings, especially the fuck your elevator pitch. Cause I know many of you need a new one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, so I let me jump in there because they're small. I want to give a free option as well as a paid option for, uh, for the people who are listening here The the paid option would be to join the love and badassery motorcycle club. We have every other week, a hot seat coaching, Uh, session. And then there's the resource library that also includes Fuck Your Elevator Pitch, which is the manifesto writing course. However, there's a free small action that you can do today as well. And I want to leave you with that also, that I said that I love a brainstorm. You get Mm -hmm. out your pen and your paper and or a new document and ask yourself, what do I believe in? Uh, India, I know that you do a lot of work, um, both through Flaunt Your Fire and also Pause on the Play with Erica around values. So I know a lot of your people have probably already done a lot of values work, but there's a lot that's worth 
kind of churning up. What do you believe in? Why? Why are those important? Um, why is this work that you do important? And what really moves you? What sets you on fire? And, and right from that place. And then when you get clear on who your people are, write everything as a love letter to them. And those are things that you can do now, today, tomorrow, for weeks to come. Uh, I love that. I think that it's always a great time to revisit your values. And Mm -hmm. when you ask yourself, what do you believe in and why? It seems like such simple questions, but you'd be amazed at what comes from taking the time to literally bring out the pen and paper and get it down. 100%. All right. Well, it wouldn't be a Flaunt Your Fire episode without asking you, what does Flaunt Your Fire mean for you right now? Oh, gosh, I love this. You know, I spoke a little bit about my rebrand and, you know, how that was a really a flaunt your fire moment. I say moment. It wasn't moments. It was months of introspection. <laughs> and it wasn't, wasn't a moment. Publish. Clicking publish is a moment, but there's a lot of work that goes on before that. Uh, and that was a real process of, you know, coming back home to myself and, and so there was a lot of that flaunt your fire aspect to that. But even since then, this work of coming home to myself, you know, essentially taking my own medicine has been really top of mind for me. I've been reworking my copy. I've becoming more open about my politics, my neurodiversity, about being in this world as a queer person, all of those pieces felt undoable not that long ago, only a couple of years ago. And in flaunting your fire, I believe part of that work is disrupting not just what they expect, but also what you expect from yourself and you know, showing up as truthfully as you can. You know, I, I like to say that in a society where we're expected to fit into a very particular mold, there's nothing more radical than being yourself. I couldn't end on a better note. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being here, Helen. Thank you for sharing so much. And you really feel that love and badassery in you every time we talk. Amazing. Thank you so much, India. I've had such a good time. I so enjoyed this conversation with Helen. And truthfully, I've been enjoying a lot of the conversations we've been having here at the Flaunt Your Fire podcast lately. And it really makes me think back to Flaunt Your Fire's value of individuality and the fact that we respect followers, subscribers, and so many other people, including yourself, our listeners and our readers, as distinct human beings. And in really valuing individuality, it's important for us to invite people here who have different perspectives and come from different backgrounds and to be able to use this platform to share the different ways that they have fire burning inside of them and how they're flaunting that and really pushing past any ideas of these shoulds, these templates, these formulas, these expectations, and allowing you as you're witnessing these conversations to see real life examples of excavating your values and your perspective and your purpose and flaunting that in front of the world and how it's such a reminder 
and such an opportunity to influence the way that other people feel like it's all right for them to flaunt their fire too. It's giving them that permission. And uh, I can't talk about that without coming back to the fact that, you know, so many times in the business world, I felt like there was this idea of who you need to be and this formula or this kind of concept that you need to subscribe to of how you show up in your public image. And I think there's a room for us to truly expand on that. And I love meeting service providers that take an approach of not putting people into a box And I mean, Helen is no exception. (laughs) It literally says on Helen's website, bring your weird and wonderful and I'll show you how to get paid. (laughs) So I just love knowing that weird and wonderful is accepted in Helen's work. And again, if you want to dig deeper with Helen, you can learn more about the services that she offers over at their website, Helen, H-E-L-E-N, Tremethic, that's T-R-E-M-E-T-H-I-C-K.com. Be sure to check it out today. And speaking of checking things out, coming to the podcast soon, we have a couple of really interesting guests coming. Uh, Some of my favorite people have been invited onto the podcast. They're going to meet some new people here. And we're just digging in. Uh, I'm so excited for some of those episodes coming soon. We're also diving into some new topics. I mean, I'm going to have Amna Arman here talking about creating bad art. You won't want to miss what Amna has to say about bad art and content hoarding. So (laughs) make sure you stay subscribed to the podcast so you get notified of when those new episodes are released. And until then, keep flaunting your fire. This episode of Flaunt Your Fire is brought to you by Pause on the Play. You can learn more about its community, workshops, and podcasts by visiting pauseontheplay.com. The Flaunt Your Fire podcast is recorded on the stolen land of my brother's ancestors, the Piscataway people. This land is known by many as the capital of the United States, also known as Washington, D.C. and its surrounding areas. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?